I want to just bring it back to the, the truth reflected in many indigenous peoples that water is life. The human body can go three days without water. We can go longer without food. But water is sort of that determinant as we are made of water and we need water for these bodies to work that water is essential to our existence here on this water planet. Water is full of life. Water is life. Our life depends upon the water. The water inside of our bodies, the sweat and the cellular fluid and the tears, uh, the ejaculate. And it's also our raindrops, our rivers, our streams and our oceans. Welcome to A Lone Traveler's Guide to the Divine, a podcast for healers, seekers, and dreamers. My name is Amanda Lux, and I am the creator of the Elevation Hive School and Community for Energy Medicine and Dream Work. I invited a dear friend of mine, Elizabeth Betwixt, onto the show today to discuss how we can cultivate alignment through the water element. The water element rules our second chakra, which is located in the sacral area, the low back, the pelvis, and all of the organs that reside in that area, as well as all of our bodily fluids. So to balance the second chakra or the water element is about getting into flow and to our own rhythmic cyclical nature. And in our culture currently, there's a, a huge lack of balance in relationship with water and our juicy playful sensual nature resides there and it has to be nurtured and nourished in order to flourish and so it's really easy in our go-go culture to kind of disregard those needs or to think of them as selfish or to just not even think of them sometimes i'm so i'm really excited to share this conversation Elizabeth is just one of the most expert water workers I know. She is a women's sexuality specialist. She works in pelvic care. She's a birth keeper, a somatic movement therapist, and a teacher in Boulder, Colorado. And I really am excited to share with you her wisdom and perspective on how we can take care of our bodies in order to better tend to the waters of the earth, how we can tune in and listen to our own second chakra, and what happens when we don't, <laughs> and how we can work with our second chakra to create more alignment, more flow, more ease, more vitality. She really offers a beautiful perspective of how we can and why we need to really tend to our water element and some really beautiful tools and ideas around that. And as always, I invite you to just tune into your own body as you're listening, keeping your intuition and your senses open and flowing and feeling through the words for what is really meant for you. How can this be supportive for you today? So that's the inquiry I invite as you listen to this episode with myself and Elizabeth Betwixt. I'm 
super honored to be here today with my dear friend, Elizabeth Betwixt. Elizabeth is a magical, magical human being who I have had the incredible pleasure of knowing for 20 years now. Mm. Pretty much exactly. (laughs) (laughs) When we were just young Mm. in our 20s and... Mm. In L.A., going to school at the Institute of Psychostructural Balancing, where we Mm. met, Mm -hmm. studying polarity and craniosacral unwinding with our teacher, Gary Strauss. I'm super excited to have this conversation in the context of how we can align our energy with the water element. And I specifically Mm -hmm. wanted to invite Elizabeth into this conversation because her work is with specifically women's sexuality. She's a pelvic care specialist and she works with, I love this, wild womb and wise yoni body work. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> it's just beautiful. So I already feel really juicy and connected mm. to my body, just saying those things out loud and connected to my second chakra. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here with you. It's awesome to feel back into our lineage together. Yeah. Yeah. And really, it's the polarity therapy elemental work that has laid the groundwork for everything that I'm doing um, with sexuality, with fertility, with birth, that learning how to listen also in cranial is what helped me learn to listen to the deeper waters of the body, of the cells, sexual empowerment, sexual healing of all genders and sexual orientations. And I focus mostly on women and especially going into birth. But all of that really comes from my elemental perception of the water element and of how to circulate all the elements in the body so that they're in balance and how to attune and align those elements to our earthly elements. So I'm also doing a big investigation these days into ecosomatics And what that means to me is the work really we've always been doing together, which is how does the soma of the earth, of our bodies ground into the earth, reflect the earth. So one thing I want to invite into this conversation in our field today, as we speak about the water, how our inner waters also reflect the lakes, the rivers, the streams, the raindrops puddling in the forests, and of course, the grand ocean and her waves of change. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that piece about the soma of the earth in relation to our Mm. bodies and Mm. the water of our own physical systems and and how that's related to the water of the earth. I just got done teaching a three-day long craniosacral balancing class from a polarity perspective. And we were teaching the whole time out at the school, which is right on the water. And there was this amazing wind that came through over the weekend. It's been really, it's normally very quite still, but Mm. there were so many white caps and there was movement in the water Mm. and it was just absolutely hypnotic. And it just kept feeling like the water was responding to the work, you know, that there was this way that it was being activated as we were moving into these deep states of stillness and tuning to it. And I don't know, it was Mm. just super cool. So I just loved what you were sharing. And I'm curious to know more. 
wow, that just, I get chills all over. That just really inspires me hearing that from you because um, one of the premises of my work with fertility, you know, meaning working with people who have fertility imbalances, that could be imbalances in the blood cycle or things like cysts and fibroids gathering on the uterus or the ovaries or lack of arousal fluids, things going on in the endocrine system, they all come back to in what I've really just learned through experience, not through theory, but through experience, they come back to how are the waters energetically moving in the pelvis? Like they're either gathering up and stagnating in certain areas, like especially fibroids are related to stagnant, gooey, like stuck things in the pelvis, meaning they're not flowing and circulating, you know, or things are flowing too fast. And a woman or a person is sort of losing or draining her jing, her arousal fluids, her, her deeper energy through different things could be activity through certain qualities of relationship. But that's exactly what we're doing on the earth, you know, with the ways that we are mistreating the earth the ways that we are misaligning as humans with when i say we i mean the overculture i think that there's a lot of waking up to how to be in alignment with earth and utilize the resources of the planet we live on and honor them and there's still a lot of places on the earth where there's either not enough water like huge droughts you know and if wildlife is dying off or There's places where there's way too much water and we have flooding and ecosystems are getting wiped out that way. So it's all related, those two, our fertility and the earth's fertility. And so much of it's the water element. But of course, it relates to, you know, the fires that are blazing or the damage going on in our air on the planet. And so just to also invite, like, how are the other elements impacting our water element and thus impacting our sexuality, our relationships, um, the way we nourish ourselves, the way we give and receive, Mm. the way we create. To me, these are all aspects of the water chakra, Mm -hmm. uh, the water element, which we, you and I, uh, initially learned about in polarity and learned about as a reflection of the Vedic piece of uh, Dr. Randolph Stone. Wow, just amazing. That whole thing about the ways that the overculture is treating mm. the earth yeah. and how all of the elements are related to how we're relating to the water, right? How right. we're dealing with fire, how we're dealing with the air, what's happening right. with the with deforestation, right? right? And all of the ways that we're treating the soma of the planet reflected in our own bodies and what that immediately leads me to which makes me feel so excited inside is Mm. how we can work to heal the planet by focusing on healing and rebalancing our own bodies like that way like if the if the cultural you know ramifications are (laughs) affecting the planet in the negative then the personal healing work that we're doing to create new relationships with our own waters and our own sexuality and our own wombs can be beneficial to heal the planet, right? Yes. Yes. So a lot of the 
the basic that I experienced there in my clinical practice is just the sexual healing pieces. I didn't even say earlier how we're dumping in the ocean, right? right. Uh, hello, right. we're dumping right. plastic and so much crap in the ocean, chemicals and yeah. And to get in into like what happens in my bodywork sessions, well, a good part of it usually is is tending to clearing out the damage caused by sexual invasion, sexual torquings and abuses that all people experience, women and men, girls and boys, unfortunately, or I shouldn't say all, but most, many people have had some sort of sexually invasive experience or sexually misaligned or just because of lack of, of real, true honoring sexual education. Right kids beginning their sexual explorations, like they end up hurting each other, they end up collapsing their true feelings. There's a lot of trauma that gets built up there. You know, I just feel really passionate about why as humans, are we violating each other sexually? Why are we violating our children? Why is sexual human trafficking existing? And I do think that the beginning of that is going in and tending and cleansing our water element. And that's a lot of what happens in my contact work in the sessions with manually working the different organs of the pelvis, working the tissues of the yoni internally or the pelvic floor, pelvic diaphragm is just releasing a lot of that backed up pain and trauma. So that's like, you know, cleansing the ocean waters, cleansing the stream, coming back into a pure sense, a pure erotic innocence, a pure feeling of what is that life force that flows within us that constantly regenerates itself. That's like the cleaning of the inner waters. Mm-hmm. And then that, I believe strongly can go on to become this very empowered, creative force in the person. And then what they do in the world comes from this very purified, empowered, bright, bold essence of their eroticism their creativity and so what they can create is huge so maybe those are creating changes ecologically or sociologically or whatever wow that's just beautiful i love that question i love the concept of Mm. how cleansing the inner waters of our bodies can assist in the energetics and the consciousness around taking care of and cleansing the waters of the earth. Yeah. The way that those are interconnected in ways we can know and can't know. And right. I love it. I think it's beautiful. Mm. Mm. One of one of the essence pieces of the mapping that I do in the body that I think is just something that those who are listening to this right now can start to work with right away is the sense of the pelvic chalice and the pelvis containing this bowl which then has a stem on the bowl which is our legs and our feet grounding us to the earth and the pelvic bowl itself the pubic bones the sacrum and the coccyx forming this bony structure of containment and that um this is the seat of our of our power which holds the rest of our body which holds our structure everything else going on up and that there's water energetically, essencefully held in that bowl. And that something any of us can do in any moment, in any place of a day is, you know, with a hand on, on the abdomen, reaching into the lower belly, 
over the womb, if you have a womb, the water chakra, um, bringing some breath just right into the pelvis, slowly allowing it to drop. And even reaching for what we call the pelvic floor, which I like to call the pelvic diaphragm because it's really not a floor at all. <laughs> um, it's a, more like a trampoline or a hammock. It's springy and resilient. Um, but that's just a marker for starting to feel that breath move through the pelvic bowl and then really check into, well, what are, how, what is that water like inside of the bowl? What does it feel like? How is it flowing? Is it moving all around? Is, is the chalice of the pelvis full to the top? Is it full halfway up? Is it dry? Like just starting to energetically feel into what do those waters feel like? And a lot of times people will feel colors or they'll feel um, places it's moving and places it's not moving. And you don't have to know all the organs of the pelvis to figure that out. This is more like the, the energy essence of the water. Another thing that we can feel for is, is the bowl tipped or is there a leak in the bowl? Is water flowing out unconsciously? Um, there's a lot that we can learn about structurally, about if we tip the pelvis forward or back and what that relates to emotionally and behaviorally. But just first, the concept of how are my waters gathered and contained in the pelvic bowl and what do they feel like? That's beautiful. Of course, I'm going there. And mm. all I can think about is this dream that I had like eight years ago that randomly popped into my head. Mm that had to do with this teacher in the dream that was like, you find and repair the pelvic bowl. And I thought he meant a specific bowl. And I was looking on all these shelves and I'm like, which one looks like a pelvic bowl? <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't until I was awake and going through the dream that it occurred mm. to me, like maybe it was literally my pelvic bowl. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm just tuning to that. And then that dream came up, you know, from so, so long ago. And there was a lot of dangerous masculine energy in the dream. I remember that too. Mm. Mm. And I'm just thinking about that. How are we relating internally to our own different sexual energies and, yeah, you know, that dynamic in, inside of our own bodies and our own psyches and our own energy system? Because we all have all the energies, the masculine, the feminine, yeah. the beyond. Yeah. But it's just, that's where I went. I'm like, wow, how are my waters? Where is it? How is it sitting? Mm. What did that dream from eight years ago mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I consider the dreaming, there's like waters of the dream time, I feel right. like that are very connected to the waters of sexuality yes. too. Yes. And I see that a ton in pregnant women, especially like I that's one one of my focuses with birth and pregnancy is really just the fact that it's this flowering of feminine female body sexual energy. It's this full flowering of it. And so whether or not you choose to conceive and birth, there we can still learn from the physiology of how birth works, about how female or even feminine full flowering of that water, that juicy life force, how that actually looks or how it moves 
And that's one thing that happens in birth and pregnant women a lot is the dreams become so alive and so prophetic, Mm. so oracular. Yes. I still remember some of the really profound dreaming that happened for me when I was Mm. pregnant with my kids. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And how the, how my relationship with them, my kids started in the dream time with both of them. Yeah, you have such beautiful stories with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm thinking about too the grounding you did for us before we came on um, recording, but yeah. just how working with the cranial fluid too in the third ventricle of the head—that's a water. Right. So when we, whenever I'm using the word water, I'm speaking about all the fluids of the body. So right. we could be talking about you know the energy of water, but we can be talking about cranial fluid. We can be talking about blood. We can be talking about menstrual blood ejaculate, um, amrita, the deep feminine prostate fluid that comes flowing out in the orgasmic experience, um, the cellular fluid, you know, another way to work with the fluids of the body is just anytime we're rocking back and forth, mm-hmm. like slowly shifting our weight. Um, that's a great way to just get in touch with the fluid nature of how gravity moves within us and how the cellular fluid like sloughs back and forth. (laughs) And that's being with the waters of the body in every place in the body, not just one particular place. I was thinking about how I resource myself in relating to the rhythmic tidal nature of the craniosacral rhythm over this weekend and teaching that in this beginning class, you know, to people who are like, never heard of craniosacral fluid. And I was describing how I always sit on a ball at the table if I'm going to be sitting. Mm. And that for me, that's so necessary because I, I'm moving my body constantly as I'm working. Mm. I was like, this is the way the rhythm is flowing. It's the way my body is moving. <laughs> mm. It just echoes. And that whole like way of being somatically, empathically connected to a client or Mm. in a partnership, right? Mm. When you're in any kind of sensual exchange, um, whether it's sexual or not, right? There's this juiciness that occurs and there's this connective interplay between the different energies involved and I mean, that is so watery. <laughs> so watery. And as we're speaking, you know, we're we're like moving our pelvises, we're spiraling, yeah. we're rolling our shoulders, we're right. feeling that undulation come through the spine. Yeah. I mean, that's very primordial movement. And to exist in that, I love how you said that, like in sensual movement, like, yes, in the sexual movement, may we be moving like that when we're intertwined in bliss. And also when we're just like making coffee in the kitchen, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or just communicating like, oh my, I mean, I do a lot of communication work with, with my clients and their partners. And that's a big piece being in resonance in the fluid body like that. So that, because so much of the water to me is about the giving and receiving. So it's like hearing the other person's world, receiving it actually in your body and then offering your peace and having that dance right. of the waters. I would love to hear in your beautiful words, what is the water element? Like mm. what in a really basic way 
Would somebody even begin to think about what it means to attune your own energy through the water? There's so many ways to talk about all of this, right? To imagine into, you know, to to bring vision into. But one of the, the foundations, the way I talk about that is that in the pelvis, in the water energy center, the sacral chakra, that there's like this geyser of life force, this wellspring, this sacred spring that is bubbling up from the power of the earth. Now the earth has many layers of water in herself, you know, so many of the of the myths, the, like the aboriginal myths of the earth say that life starts in the ocean. So I consider that in our bodies, we have this oceanic sacred spring coming up from the waters of the earth from a body of water that's much bigger than us coming up through our bodies and bubbling up through this womb or pelvic chakra and it's the geyser of life it's the basic life force energy which everything runs on which creates it in so many ways but is this is this never-ending infinite fountaining up inside of that chakra and it can get stuck and it can get cloudy or um, dirty, just like our ocean waters. And it's also pure in and of its essence and that that nourishes all of life. So it's first going to nourish the health of our bodies. And so having that energy circulate is one thing, but also that water is governing how we nourish ourselves in general. So related to food and eating and drinking and that's a way to look at, you know, how am I nourishing myself? What's my relationship to nourishment? What's my relationship to filling up myself with the waters of life, the food of life, and then creating. So obviously that sexual life force energy is what creates life here. And it's also creating our creative projects, whatever those are. And uh, nourishing them too, both instigating them, nourishing them, sending, you know, streams of beauty out through the rivers of our life. Like we all have so many things that we nourish in our lives, whether they're children or work projects or creative art projects or something like taking care of our family members or our community members or the land we live on. That's all, those are all expressions of nourishment and care. I also just think of it, like I said, of giving and receiving. So because it's this this flow of life going out of the geyser, the wellspring of the pelvis, and then coming back in. So what we magnetize and pull in that nourishes us. We would say classically water is an expression of all our relations, whether they're our family, friends, lovers, community members, ancestors, every person in the world, the unseen, the unknown, our guides, all of that is being in relationship. That's a brilliant description of the water element and how we can align our energy through that. Mm. There are times when we need more or less of different elements, right? To to feel in alignment, but knowing when and why each one, what they rule or how to relate to, like, Mm. when do we need more water or Mm. when do we need less water, (laughs) right? When is it time to just ask that question? Like what's happening in my water? And- How, what would you say about that? You're kind of an expert of the water. I guess so. It is, it is very much about um, listening deeply to the waters, different body work that I do, the different, um, even like the different, you know, couples work that I do, which is 
like I was speaking about the communication, it's communication through a watery sense of feeling. Oh, I didn't even say that part. Feeling, emotions, huge part of the water. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, and and then the subconscious aspect, right, of the dreams and and that physical knowing that's not in our mental knowing even perhaps that maybe we have hidden down there that's been in the depths that we haven't become conscious of. It's either hasn't become conscious or we've buried and forgotten it. And yes. that is another aspect of the water, what what that rules, that subconscious element. Totally. When you say that, I immediately got this image of like the Loch Ness monster or something, you know, <laughs> because that can be what it's like when we have deep um, experiences, painful or very powerful mysteries inside of ourselves that get like pushed down into the lake of the pelvis gets pushed down and submerged and maybe we try to forget about them or even feelings like guilty feelings disappointment feelings um angry feelings things that we're sometimes have trouble bringing out into the world they can get pushed under like these shadows these shadow monsters moving under the water (laughs) well and and if you ever watch those under the water documentaries i'm not a big person to watch those things but every once in a while i'll catch an article or a thing about some new discovery of some oceanic creature that 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 lives so many leagues below what's known that it's just now being uncovered and there's still things we don't know oh i'm so glad you brought that up because i have heard on yeah just weird podcast different things i've heard people say about how much of the ocean's depths are actually unexplored and that some people believe that there are like deep civilizations under there that we haven't even found and certainly ruins of other civilizations I mean, there is this human fascination with what's under the waters. And yeah, I think it just really speaks to the power that we have in the water element and the mystery. I definitely want that to be said is that part of sexuality work, part of dreaming work, part of birth work is about the mystery that is enveloped in the waters too. Yeah. Well, it's also beyond containment. There's a sense of you know, it's not always controllable. Water is so much power and potential. And yeah. when you get a leak or something, it'll flow wherever it possibly can. It's so yes. intelligent and uh, efficient. Yeah. <laughs> and it can take any shape. It, it can take any shape, shape. Yeah. of the things around it. And right. then there's also that Taoist piece about there's nothing as powerful as water to wear down rock, to wear down its you know, and it does over centuries and centuries change the shape of our earth by the way it wears away. So you had asked like, how can people align their water energy And I really believe the first part is just feeling, our feelings. I mean, perhaps that's the most essential water practice. What do you think about that? I love that as a a place to begin, Mm -hmm. that visualization of the pelvis and the pelvic bowl and and the waters. And that brought me to my physical body. Mm. And then that feels like 
a beginning sort of way to contemplate, you know, is through that physical yeah. gateway. And then yeah. once you get in there, it's immediately about the feelings. Yeah. You're almost immediately into like, well, what's the feeling quality of that? Right. What's right. the emotional tone of that? And right. what's the safest way to mm. do that? I think that that's the next thought that comes up for me. How do we safely explore those mm. mysterious depths of the unknowns and the power and the potential start to relate to it? And I think the emotions are a way in with that too. They'll teach yeah. us. Trusting yeah. the wisdom of our own waters is important. And I know you yeah. specifically do yoni unwinding and body work oriented around yeah. that. And that's just really, really special. Not very many people have the courage and the knowledge to mm. go in there. But the way that you do, the way you approach that to me is so beautiful yeah. from what I know of you. And even in the title that you were saying, the the wise yoni bodywork, there's that wisdom yeah. that resides inherently in the body. Yes. And to yes. return that relationship with our own inner wisdom. Thank you for speaking to that because the yoni work cervical work, pelvic repair work, postpartum, you know, we're having so many birth injuries in our culture right now. Like, it's really so sad to me that women's pelvises are getting torn up in birth. And there's a lot of factors related to that. But in doing this postpartum pelvic repair, it really so much is about trusting the wisdom of the tissues in a flowing way to unwind the movements that were difficult to bear or difficult to sequence through the forces that were coming through or included interventions and different things from hospital birth. But yeah, a lot of internal pelvic work is sort of muscle release focused. And that's not my focus my, or approach. My focus or approach is to become in relation with the tissue in an unwinding way. And actually with the cranial fluid flowing through it, yeah. And then all the other fluids flowing through it, the cellular fluid, and then letting that tissue become juicy again with life where it might be rigid or in shock or tensed up. And I'm not trying to do something to yeah. a woman's vulva or yoni or in inner vaginal walls or cervix. I'm just trying to listen to it as it unwinds itself and revitalizes itself. And that's absolutely an approach that I learned through cranial sacral that I'm now applying to yeah. the pelvis and the genital work. Mm. So beautiful. So amazing. And that's definitely an area that has been mistreated. Probably any woman listening to this who has had an experience with the gynecologist, many of us have had experiences with that being like rough or sharp or just intense, you know, very doing oriented. We're going to get you in and out of here. We're going to insert the speculum really quickly and it's cold and it's fast. And there's just not much relationship to the tissues. And that's what we're talking about with the water element is being in relationship right. to the giving and receiving. So, I mean, that's an error in training in our medical industry. It could be different if, if they were being trained differently. Right. So yes, yes. Yeah. That's uh. a consciousness piece. It's a consciousness piece. And it's exactly, again, related back to how are we treating the waters of our earth? You know? Yes. How are we in relation to water, large bodies of water and the ways that we're polluting and the ways that we're 
harnessing the power of it for our own uses, but not necessarily honoring or letting flow the natural cycles of it. We're damming it. We're containing it. It's crazy. It's wild. It's so disconnected. To speak to this elemental series of your podcast, it's probably the water element that can teach us about connection in all the other elements too, because we need that connection in the air and the fire and the earth. But water can just teach us how to connect. So that actually comes up a lot in my practice is just dealing with feelings of disconnection yeah, in general and how people navigate that. And so the water element can teach us how to just make connection and then we can apply that in other elemental ways. Mm, that's beautiful. have a ton of time left maybe a few minutes or something yeah i'm thinking like maybe that's very vast how can we? <laughs> <laughs> i want to definitely ask you about the woman as pleasure portal mm -hmm. i just want to plant that seed and invite whatever you want to say about that because first of all that's the most beautiful name of anything i've ever heard oh <laughs> <laughs> You want to share anything about that? Thank you. Thank you. Well, I do consider pleasure to be essential to the water element, just and not like the pelvis or the genitals specifically, but how we experience pleasure all the time, daily, like the wind on our faces, you know, the feeling of our toes in the sand, even the feeling of exchanging a glance across the room with somebody that's not even sexualized, but is connective. And you experience the light pleasure, you know. Um, there's so many ways to talk about pleasure, but I think of pleasure as part of the nourishment of the water element, the part of that exchange of energy, that giving and receiving. So woman as a pleasure portal is really coming into the healing and the embodiment of the female body, every inch, you know, from the bottoms of the feet to the crown of the head. And the whole energy body all around as well in a pleasurable way and so we do that through body work we do that through these somatic movement experiences where we're tuning to different stations of the female body like the breasts like the third eye like the heart chakra as differentiated from the breasts and then certainly we're talking womb and ovaries and cervix and vulva and pelvic diaphragm and soles of the feet then there's a lot more to it too, but it's it's really about finding the embodied anatomy of these places and how they work and somatically, mysteriously, <laughs> and very physiologically and structurally as well. And then finding ways to move toward pleasureful sensations in these areas. It's done through finding a way to reside in the female body in a yin watery non-doing yet being kind of a way and that that opens up another way i have of thinking about that pelvic generative water center is that there's that toroidal field moving through the human body up the spine and out and around through the edges of the field and back up through the pelvic diaphragm again so it's about circulating it's about circulating the water energy and the 
activated Shakti energy through all these different energy centers. And so if somebody is not connecting with that Shakti energy or that watery energy or their own yin or their own pleasure in some way, it's been shut down or forgotten or unsafe to go there, or they just don't know how to make that connection. Yeah. Um, how do you know if you're that person? What happens when that gets disconnected? Mm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, a lot of things. I mean, one of the most physical things that women or people come to me with is the very physical imbalances, you know, that are very clear, like the fibroids or the cysts or endometriosis or PCOS or pain during sex. These are when physically things get to the point where they're like, I have a problem, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And then on another level, fertility wise, like idiopathic infertility, I'm trying to conceive and the doctors all say everything's happening correctly, but we still can't conceive. Mm -hmm. You know, that's such a great example of everything's working. It's just things aren't synergistically, harmonically communicating. Right. And that's such a great example of, yeah, there's usually something stuck in the throat or a lack of receptivity in the crown or the trust in the relationship between the partners. Right. So those are some physical things that lead you there, but it's definitely often, and a lot of what I work with is when people feel unsafe in their bodies for various reasons, usually from traumatic experiences, it's often a feeling in the nervous system. Like I can't even, I don't feel safe socially. I don't know how to speak my needs and get them met. I don't even know how to identify them. So people are walking all over me all the time or I'm finding myself people pleasing. I feel like I have no boundaries. Right. Um, Water a, a lot of issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I was just even thinking too, like before it becomes even physically manifest or even consciously manifest that there's so much in our culture and imbalance and the yang energy is so much more valued, just the doingness, the getting things done, the being active, the hustle, the achieving and going out and getting. There's very little room for being and for asking those questions, for just doing spirals and tuning into the watery pelvis and how am I feeling and what am I dreaming and who am I in my deepest rhythmic cyclical way? How does that want to be expressed and how can I be receiving myself and my own energy or be received by the world? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times people think sexual issues are a lot between the two partners, but it's really just about how I'm relating inside of myself. And am I at peace and at ease and able to flow with the truths of myself? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, bringing that to the relationship changes the whole relationship. That's a lot about tuning into those deeper waters, those feelings, learning how to be inside of our bodies in a truthful way. And certainly rest and being in yin. I mean, one thing I think in this hugely masculine, young time is that we all need more rest. We all need more non-doing. 
And then especially women. I mean, we're having much larger fertility issues, cyclical issues, like uh, blood cycle issues that largely come from stress, adrenalized hormones and lack of rest. Right. Well, and, you know, to bring it back again, weaving that into how that shows up in our relationship with the planet and the cycles of the seasons and the days and the, and the moon. Yeah, absolutely. I've done some work with the seasonal wheel of the year and the moon cycle, the blood cycle with women. And I intend to do some more of that. I probably will have a program around that. Because aligning our inner cycles to the seasonal cycles, and not just women, because ancient peoples would align, the men would be aligning to that too. The children would be learning how to live in rhythm with the seasons of the earth. And the seasons are different, of course, depending on which hemisphere you're in, but even in different ecosystems and environments, but they're there. As are the the movement of the moon is there. That's not just affecting women, that's affecting everybody. Absolutely. Are there any last words that you would like to share about the water? Anything you would like to say in closing, in completion? I want to just bring it back to the the truth reflected in many indigenous peoples that water is life. The human body can go three days without water. We can go longer without food. Mm. But water is sort of that determinant as we are made of water and we need water for these bodies to work that Water is essential to our existence here on this water planet. Water is full of life. Water is life. Our life depends upon the water, the water inside of our bodies, the sweat and the cellular fluid and the tears, uh, the ejaculate. And it's also our raindrops, our rivers, our streams, and our oceans. Beautiful. Thank you. I'm so grateful to have had you and your wisdom and your beautiful self and your words and your incredible way of working with the water Mm. uh, on, on the podcast to talk about that. I just feel so, so, so grateful and so honored. I will be putting a page on my website for, for people to connect with you because you are Mm. that wild woman in the woods currently And I want to make sure that people can find you and I'll put any links to anything else that comes up for you in the future of ways that people can connect with you and work with you. Thank Um, you, Amanda. Yeah, because you're such a a valuable gift to the world and I'm just so grateful that you're you're here doing your work and Mm. it's just beautiful. And I just feel just so replenished from this conversation. Mm -hmm. I feel so like moved and I feel even some tears welling up and I feel like, oh, it's the water of my body coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like so happy to feel that sensation Mm -hmm. of fluid and Mm -hmm. emotion and gratitude and Mm. And I love this conversation. Just it mm. reminds me the importance of that, not just for myself, but for the planet, mm. you know, and for all beings. Mm. And just thinking of how all the waters on the planet get recycled through the yes. air and the clouds and and come back into the oceans and the streams and the rivers and into our bodies. And mm. that we're made of mostly water and mm-hmm that our own waters are also recycling all the time. 
connecting with one another and with all the waters of all the world and how incredible is that like I I love it Mm. (laughs) (laughs) thank you Amanda that's beautiful thank you for having me Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine. I so appreciate your energy and your presence and your support if you feel so inclined to like, follow, subscribe, or write a review. That would just mean the world to me. You can find more information about Elizabeth on my website, elevationhive.com. I have in-person classes in polarity therapy and craniosacral therapy coming up and also there will be more classes in person and some online offerings around dream work coming soon so i look forward to that thank you so much for listening it is such an honor to be in sacred community with you We're all